once again from the tiny little city of Rochester, New York. I bring you with a little bit of mm, Hempthletics. Hempthletics.com. The Hempthletic Podcast. Here we are. We are in our 20s. What number is this? Something like 24, something like that, I think. Um, really excited. It seems like everybody's take, we're taking off across the country, 36 states, six countries. Uh, but today I am bringing you, uh, we have on the line someone that I met and I love introducing all my podcasts. As everybody knows, you're sick of hearing me saying it. But how I met this individual, it was a random experience. This summer I took on the fact that I was going to be changing my careers and going down a path where I would be um, using the cannabis plant um, to help others uh, as well as myself and my cousin who has been in the service business in the Rochester area for a long time. She has a strong network of friends that has benefited benefited me um, both business-wise and personally uh, many times over. Her name is Kelly Smith. And she, uh, excuse me, Kelly Florio, Smith is her, her, her maiden name. Um, she is a beautiful girl. She's my cousin. She is a bartender at Tony D's. So any of you that go to Tony D's in Rochester and you see a beautiful blonde bartender, make sure you tell her that you heard the plug and heard her name mentioned on the Hempletic Podcast. She will love it because she's a big supporter of the podcast and of my business ventures. Um, so when she is out and about, she is always thinking about me and my ventures. And she has this gentleman sit in her Uber vehicle. She was doing some Uber for a very short time, which is also ironic part of the story because she probably only Ubered for maybe a month or so, two months. Uh, and in that time, this individual stepped into her vehicle and had to be taken to an airport to leave Rochester. So that maybe was a three, four minute drive. In that time, my cousin Kelly, of course, has to find out what this person does for a living and realizes, hey, this person and my cousin, they need to meet and talk. So Mr. Brian Kona was given my number. Somehow we got each other's numbers. Uh, We've had several conversations. He's actually gotten product from um, my researcher, co, co, co-partner in business, Gino Di Pasquale, who was on a few of our early episodes. Um, and this is how Brian Kona and I have connected. So from Fruit Slabs, from the wonderful state of California, I bring you Brian Kona. How are we doing, folks? Welcome, Brian. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So we tried to have Brian on a previous episode, and I love to tell people also that you know people have lives and things happen. And his, at the time that we tried to have him on, uh, he I believe it was the episode that I taped my episode of my 18-year postal career, uh, just for reference for people to remind you to go back and listen to it. That's a good one. And I heard that from po- some postal employees this weekend. Uh, sorry, I had to put that plug in there, Bri. But, uh, so, but I wanted to have him on anyways because he is involved in the cannabis industry in California. He is originally from Rochester, New York, uh, and he has a great product that he produces in California for people uh, that is healthy and definitely provides some good benefits for people. So, so Brian, tell us a little bit of how you ended up going from, I believe, Webster to California, and, and tell us a little bit about, about how you're doing at the moment. Yeah, man. Born and raised Rochester, New York. Webster is correct right there on 74 East Main Street. Um, Always had a relationship with the plant. Uh, I stole a dime bag from my brother when I was nine years old. 
and I've been with it ever since. Nine years ever old? That's your admitted start? Nine years old, man. I'm 36 these days, so that's, what, 27 years in, uh, in the business, and uh, I'm pretty much in it for life. I, um, I worked a little bit at the Ghanai nuclear power plant in my early 20s. I was in the, in the uh, nuclear power industry as a radiation protection technician, and that didn't fit me. It didn't suit me. It wasn't what I was trying to do with my life. It wasn't familiar. It made good money, but that wasn't me. Wait a minute. No, uh, I got to stop you real quick. That's a very heavily regulated industry. Weren't you tested for cannabis usage while you work for that industry? Yeah, I had to um, coordinate my time on and my time off of the ganja and, you know, m- moderate and be easy with it accordingly because, you know, you got 30 days. Yeah, you got 30 days to get everything out of your system. I'm a pretty slender gentleman. Don't have a lot of fat. Cannabis is stored in your fat cells. So I was never really too worried about it. But um, I always gave it a lot of plenty of lead time just so I didn't make any any mistakes that were going to go on my permanent record. But anywho, mm-hmm. um, I traveled around a bunch. Uh, that job gave me a lot of flexibility and I was able to travel travel the globe I've been to 32 countries. I've lived in 13, maybe 14 states. And um, before I came to California, I was living in New Mexico. And a friend of mine called me up and he said, hey, man, you got to get into the green rush. This was uh, just before 2010. It was about June, June or July of 2009. And I said, I'm, I'm going to California. I'm going to California. I'm, I'm, I didn't really know what my dream was. At that point, but I was still still dreaming it up, you know, walking, walk, walking day to day, trying to figure out, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? What is growing up? What what do you do anyway? What are you good at? And that was just something that, you know, cannabis was always on my mind, always in my life. And uh, I decided to move to California and, you know, get get more involved, go to the go to the motherland and. See, get in where I fit in. And um, I was out here shuffling, shaking, moving, doing trim jobs, hanging out at farms and seeing how seeing how the whole farm, you know, farming seed, seed to sale business works. You came um, right in from the grassroots. You came right into actually trimming, like sitting there working every day, hours of, of working on the plants. Is that what you mean? Oh, so many hours. So many hours sitting there, hunched over, manicuring, making everything, making everything pretty, and getting sticky hands, and taking out my contact lenses with super hashy fingers. <laughs> Holy smokes! And, uh, I would have never even touched that. I didn't even think about that. If I, that's the one thing I've always been blessed with is is good vision. I would never want to deal with contacts, especially around that. My fingers are always sticky. Like it's hard not to be. I wish I had your uh, your hemp cleaner product back in those days because uh, uh, that stuff was amazing and it actually worked and it that would have been a godsend back in those days and it's still a godsend now but uh, people tend to wear gloves a little more often now. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I got out here. I was trimming weed and hang, hanging on farms and just meeting all sorts of people up in Humboldt County and Mad River on the thirty. Uh, 30- route 36 somewhere out there in bumblefuck nowhere and um yeah just kept kept moving and shaking i had a little outdoor farm of my own in casadero nice ocean view in sonoma county 
super beautiful place. I had the opportunity to have 30 plants outdoors within the legal limits back then. It wasn't necessarily a fully licensed and, you know, regulated property because that wasn't, that wasn't a thing back then. That wasn't a thing. It was what uh, year is that again? That would have been 2012. Yeah. 2012. Thank you for sure. And we didn't get the Armageddon in 2012, so we moved past that. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had my own outdoor garden. Pretty amazing, pretty fantastic. Waking up every day out in the middle of nowhere, smoke a joint, drink a cup of tea on the porch, look over at the ocean, and head out to the farm, head out to the plants and tend to their needs and take off all the big leaves and water and just manicure and like. Really, really get in there, and you always have you. You recognize the buds; they become your friends. They become your, you know, your little babies that you're taking care of. You're the, you know, you're the caretaker, and you really you become familiar with this plant, this life, this this ganja, this whatever it is. The connection is it's amazing. It's mm -hmm. amazing to watch something grow from a tiny, you know, a tiny little germinating seed to a little sapling to a, gi a giant monster outdoor Sonoma County plant. That's really cool. Super cool stuff. Got into that. Um, didn't love the farm life. I'm kind of a city at socialite. I like to hang out. I like to be around people. I like the internet. Um, so that was, a, it was a good venture, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite for me. So I moved down to San Francisco had a girlfriend, was kind of brokering weed around San Francisco. Um, I'm not afraid to admit it. I sell weed. I always have been a part of my life and uh, definitely not ashamed of it. Don't have any any bad feelings about it. It's As well you shouldn't. Guilt yeah, it's guilt-free. It's ganja. It's a plant. Take it or leave it. Like it or lump it. That kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So I had a little indoor garden in San Francisco chilling, hanging out, uh, going to music festivals, which I really, really love. You can always meet some super cool people and obviously enjoy some music and camping outdoors. And I was walking around with my girlfriend at the time and I stumbled across these folks about three o'clock in the morning, instant best buddies tripped over the tent wire, the little uh, supports that hold down, you know, the, what are the, the little little guide guide wires or guy wires or mm -hmm. whatever they are? Yep. Tripped over the tent. Said, "Hey, sorry about that. How, how are you guys doing? What's going on this evening? You guys want to smoke a blunt?" And uh, my business partners Matt and Roxanne. That's how I met them. Just stumbling around along, random occurrence. <laughs> who knows what? And we hung out all night. Hung out all all the next day. Enjoyed some tunes, <clears throat> and exchanged contact information. And uh, kept in touch. Well, they called us up uh, for New Year's that year. It was about four months later. And I was like, awesome. These these cool people that we met at the festival, they, they want to hang out with us again. Tight. That's what's up. Appreciate it. So they call us up. They come over down from Long Beach, where they're based. They call us up. They come up to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And uh, Matt was in the natural foods industry. And he had, he had this fruit leather product and I couldn't stop eating them. Mm -hmm. 
I couldn't stop eating them. They're amazing. They're so tasty. They're organic. They're vegan. They're sugar-free. They're not sugar-free, but no They don't have the added. nasty stuff in there like gelatin and all that stuff, you mean? It's just natural? No, none of that funky stuff. You can you can pronounce all the ingredients. You're familiar with all the ingredients. You don't have to, like, you know, no, weird, no, no acronyms or no letters or colors or any oddball ingredients. And I was like, man we got to add some weed to these things, bro. And he said, you know what? A lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. It's kind of a good idea. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'm going to take the first step. I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some hash, get some hash, cook it up, work it out, start, start the R and D process, start figuring out how to infuse these fruit leathers, how to infuse cannabis with fruit mm. it's fruit and vegetables we're not reinventing the wheel right we're just putting some tiny rims on it <laughs> real cool rims well gold rims baby the spinning I like so it. yeah man we started out doing um started out just kind of tinkering and toying with it and dehydrating fruit and putting putting some ice water hash in there yeah, that was a little bit of a unrefined process and an unrefined product. It was a little bit waxy, is very very planty and very earthy because you know it was, it was just plant matter, trichomes, trichomes added to added to fruit, and um, you know that that was good and it had a great effect. It was it was more of a, a THCA heavy product and uh, it wasn't getting people really stoned. It was getting people mellow, getting people medicated more of a, more of like a body high kind of thing. And for mm -hmm. the medical market that worked, it's medicine. And to try and abide by the laws over here in California under prop 215, we were trying to make medicine mm -hmm. for the people. Well, apparently people like getting stoned <laughs> and I can't blame them. Who, who doesn't, who doesn't want to be elevated? Who doesn't want to have a nice, a nice grin on their face. Right? Well, some people don't shouldn't do high THC because it makes them a little too anxious. So they, they go low THC or CBD and they get the same effect that you and I do with our high THC, right? Yeah, it's not for everyone. So each, to each their own. We Listen, have a, you figure we all out, have like, a, I, like I tell everybody, Brian, I just want to remind everybody, you've picked the, picked the proper medication for you to feel that euphoric feeling. Brian and I tend to like high THC, I'm sure. I, I know I do. Is that what you tend to gravitate to, Brian? You know what? I'm I'm not a dabber. I don't like to take dabs. I've taken, I think, a grand total of like six, maybe seven dabs in my life. Yeah, me too. I'm about to do on that. Yeah. I don't really smoke ganja that much. I don't I don't puff flowers and roll doobies all the time. I eat edibles. Okay. And to circle back to the nuclear power plant things, when I had to, when I had to take you know a, a month, two months, three months off of, of smoking weed. I would always save the best fucking ganja, super fat nugget, the heady indoor, stinky, smelly, sticky, wonderful, crispy green flower for when I got laid off. It was like a you, you, you planned on getting laid off. The work schedule was like two or three months for the refueling outages. And uh, then you get laid off and maybe you'd go to another plant in a different state afterwards or you'd take the unemployment and go on vacation. Uh, but I would say I would save some weed for when I got laid off and I would smoke a blunt 
right, right when I got laid off, right as soon as I got out of there, and I started getting paranoid. I started getting paranoid because I had some, you know, I had, I had the primo, I had some top quality products, mm-hmm. and it would it made me feel a little bit weird, and I was, not, I wasn't getting the benefit that I wanted from the weed. It was kind of freaking me out. So honestly, I was off the pot for about a dozen years. I would smoke it maybe two, three, four times a year. And I, I would, sometimes I would enjoy it and I'd feel like I got like got away with smoking weed. And other times I'd just kind of shut down and be introverted or couldn't, couldn't talk, couldn't chill, couldn't like be around people. But I realized after, after a good amount of time that it was, it was strain specific. I wasn't smoking the right kind of weed for my kind of, for my kind of pleasure, for my kind of mentality. Um, So anyway, I'm I'm off the pot for a good long time. We start the fruit slabs thing. And obviously I have to, you know, I got to test my product. I got to know what's going on. I got to. And the good thing is you've been off for a long time now. So really, you're a really good test subject. Someone who's had experience and understands that it's different things and how it impacts you. You're a perfect R&D subject, right? Absolutely. I mean, a very, very like baseline and a good, a good control point. So we started eating these fruit slabs and they're amazing. They're super amazing. Edible, edible cannabis. Who knew? Who knew? That is what jives with me. That is what works. I was off the pot for 12 years and here and there felt like I could, you know, get, I would always try. I would always, you know, if someone had a, fat blunt of some sour diesel indoor, some super stinky chronic. Like I, yo, I got to smoke that, bro. I definitely got to at least try. And so, like I said, sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, but the fruit slabs, they work all the time. They work all the time. And they got me back on the pot after 12 years of, being being a little weary. So your fruit slabs are edible. a gateway. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Gateway drug. Fuck that. Gateway hug. Please give, <laughs> give give it to me, please, and thank you. And I I eat edibles almost every day, almost every day, and it and it calms me, and it soothes me, and it makes me active, and it elevates my elevates my mood. It's uh, I found that the reason that the weed would either work for me or not work for me was strain specific. It was strain specific and indicas can't mess with them. Can't do it. They shut me down. They make me, yeah. Hybrids barely can do it for me. Hybrids are good. Indicas I can't at all. Hybrids help me sleep um, or make me a little bit more relaxed. But for me, I I don't know. I think I'm like one of those, uh, most people know this, Coke can impact people different ways. Cocaine does not always an upper for everybody. There actually is people out there that do cocaine. They sit in a corner quiet out of their mind. Um, so for me, I think I'm a, I'm weird. I could do high THC. I want high THC and I want a high sativa. Generally speaking, um, that's where I'm, I'm in my wheelhouse. What about you? Are you a hybrid guy? I, I like sativa. I like that, that clear, clear mind, giggly, laughy, creative, chatty like upbeat kind of daytime kind of vibe that's what works for me because i'm I'm a chatterbox 
you know, I got the, I got the gift of gab and I'm a rattle tongue and I like wordplay. I speak French almost just about fluently and uh, I'm working on Portuguese right now because Brazil is an amazing country and why not go to Portugal? Um, cool. Good reasons too. Yeah, so, I like it. Yeah, man. I just, I, I really had to learn about, about the medicine, about the, about the Delta nine tetrahydrocannabinol molecule, learn about the tetrahydrocannabolic acid, uh, THCA, which is just the, you know, the raw terpene that grows on the plant before it's decarboxylized or decarboxylated. There's all these new words out there that we don't, <laughs> we don't know how to conjugate. Um, yeah, man, there's just, there's so much information out there about cannabis that we weren't allowed to talk about. We had to be really clandestine and quiet and secretive, and we weren't able to really speak up and do, you know, talk about research, talk about what this plant can do for your body and, and what works for everyone. And, and there really is something for everyone with cannabis. We have cannabinoid receptors in our body that are not being serviced without this plant. I mean, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And some of us take supplement, supplementary vitamins to make sure that we get all of our, our niacin, our vitamin C, our B12, whatever, what have you. And, you know, we don't always have the most balanced diet, you know, morning, morning, noon and night, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Who, who eats, you know, who, who gets all of their nutrient intake every day? Perfectly. You really got to be on top of your nutrition if that's something that you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And there's something that's it's, it's almost missing. And that's cannabis. If you have cannabinoid receptors in your in your body and in your brain and they're not being serviced, then what, what are they doing? They're just latent. They're like a like a car with no gas. You know, I mean, not to say people have been doing just fine without it, but imagine what we can do with it. If you if you eat it, you know, it's the difference between if you eat a healthy meal for breakfast and you go on and you have that energy to to live your life and do your day and perform your tasks, et cetera. Or if you don't, if you're missing something, if you're missing those nutrients, if you're missing those vitamins, if you're missing anything you know if you walk out of your house without shoes your feet are going to be uncomfortable so if you're living your life without you know something something that how do you explain something that your body has is available it's available to have serviced something that your body is ready to accept but you're not giving it to it. And there's, there's kind of a hole, a hole. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's something that, that feels like a, a, a conscious void. Maybe it's something that fills a physical void. I don't know. We're still working on it. We're still figuring it out. We're still now that we're allowed to talk openly and freely and do things like podcasts. And, you know, the, the, the legislation is, is starting to catch up with what, people actually want and it's it's really great to see all like the industry is moving real fast man it's moving real real quickly and um just trying to keep up trying to keep up with it 
No, I li- I'm glad you mentioned that because I do want to talk a little bit about California because obviously I'm here in New York. I don't know much about California other than what I learned from phone calls and talking to different chemists and, and different things. So so tell me a little bit about how it is. You know, everybody thinks I want to go to the state. You know, I want to go to New York state to make money on cannabis or in it. Like I got a lot of people that talk to me, especially now that uh, I'm, I'm kind of involved in this industry. Otherwise asking me, oh, how can I get involved? How can I get involved? So paint a picture of California right now, because I know you, it's not all smooth sailing for you right now, is it? Not so much, man. Um, there's tons of competition. I used to call it camaraderie. I use uh, one of my catchphrases is keep keeping the community in the cannabis community. And these days, Oh man, there, there still is a community. There's the people that have been in it to win it since the beginning, but there's a lot of money coming. In. There's a lot of money and there's a lot of products out there that just have the, have the funding to just boom market. Uh, what do they call it? Um, bill, billboards, commercial, do all the branding um, and, and the branding and advertising to go with the products, right? To push the products behind it. It's wild, man. It's wild. There's a lot of, you know, any, there's so many gummies. And right now, right now our campaign is hashtag fruit slabs, hashtag not a gummy. We're not a gummy. And there's tons of gummies, tons of gummies, a couple like artisanal, artisanal chocolates. Um, Kiva is a staple. Bang bar is a staple. Um, what else is out there? Ohm Edibles has some some nice chocolates. And you're talking There's about all THC products in California now, right? Pretty much. For the most part, it's THC. This, the CBD thing has kind of dropped off because of um, a law that came out a couple months ago that any CBD sold in California has to be grown in California. And there's a handful of people out there that are growing it, but most people are marketed towards the THC side. That's interesting. So they made that policy, but they don't have enough farmers producing hemp in the state. Yeah, it really, you know, there's, there's a couple strains, um, Charlotte's web. And then, um, what's the other one? Sour tsunami. Yeah. There's a handful out of California products we've tried. Yeah. For CBD, uh, a handful. Chariot is another one there's a handful of people that are out there growing you know cbd heavy strains that are cannabis and not hemp which are pretty much synonymous but there is you know a little a little bit of difference like you know a a dog is a dog but there's a great dane and there's a chihuahua you know what i mean um absolutely yeah there's a little bit of a void there there's a huge huge market there's the chocolates there's the gummies and those are a dime a dozen. Um, and then there's, and then there's fruit slabs in the edible community. There's a couple, there's a lot of tinctures. Jambo superfoods is my personal favorite MCT oil infused with THC and CBD. Um, those are, they're amazing. Tastes like a the cinnamon one tastes like a hot ball and the mint tastes kind of like banaca, to be honest with you. They're like a breath freshener slash, Tincture, really, really great medicine, really great medicine there. Um, but the market out here is it's it's crazy. It's crazy. You see all sorts of all sorts of new delivery companies popping up. Ease 
Ease is a huge facilitator of deliveries. Chill is a new one. Chill's um, good. They're made by Diamond uh, CBD. And uh, yeah, we've tried Chill. So just to put in reference, we've tried over 70 CBD products as we're starting to put some in stores here in Rochester, New York. Um, we have found, uh, and, and that's me also going to uh, different stores and asking the clerk, like, what's your best product of all the ones you carry so you can eliminate, you know, maybe add another 10 or 20 that were eliminated, um, not by us, but by other people. Uh, and there's three quality products out there um, that we would even think of a white labeling with to have them produce things for us CBD-wise here in New York State. There's just not a lot of quality out there, right, Brian? I mean, you know, there's, uh, you can put CBD on anything, you know, you can put it on a marshmallow, you can put it on a, a, a piece of paper, like an acid tab, if you want, you can put it on, you know, anything. If you, Any if delivery you just, method, that's right. Yeah. How do you want to do it? Put it in a capsule, put it in a tincture, put it on a little, uh, Listerine breath strip sort of thing. Those little weird jelly strips that melt in your mouth. Just got to make and sure it emulsifies, right? You, it, you know, put it, put it in a balm, you know, have it, uh, you know, as, as, as a topical, whatever works, whatever works for you. Um, right now we're dealing with, um, so we're having trouble in California because all the CBD needs to be grown here. All right. That's fine. Also, we're not allowed to call our product a food. Hmm. So you can't call it a food. So what is it? It's an edible. What does that mean? It means you eat it, but it's not a food. So is it a dietary supplement? Is it a, is, is it a candy? You know, what, what is an edible? I think food Honestly, I think it's a supplement as well. And I think that it's, I mean, our product tastes great. So it's kind of like a candy. It's nature's candy. It's fruit. Yeah, it's fruit. So, it comes all from the ground. Everything you have in there comes from the ground. Yeah. I mean, sim it's simple. It's simple. It's fruit and weed. One of our products has two ingredients. One is fruit. The other is weed. No problem. Um, right now, we're not allowed to infuse our product with CBD. Na nationally speaking, we're not allowed to infuse food with CBD, but we can spray or paint or coat the product with a CBD isolate or a distillate or what have you, which is odd, which is super strange. What's the, what's the difference? Why, why can we do one method versus the other? And a lot of times and, the method they're allowing isn't even the best best way um, to apply it for taste or, you know, for the product itself. I mean, it really makes it, it takes a lot of out of the hands of the producer of products when they do that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the government is, is stepping in and they're, they're giving us some leeway. And I'm very appreciative of that. They're allowing us to to do this, to be able to provide medicine for people that are interested in, in that, you know, way of life, but they're regulating it kind of from, kind of from a distance that they, they don't have a good perspective. It's like, you know, jump, jumping into a classroom that you've never studied the subject 
and trying trying to teach the class and 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 saying no 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 this is sorry teacher this is how this is it this is how you do it and it's like well what the fuck i mean we've been doing this for you know a good long time and we we should be the ones that are making the rules we should be the ones that call the shots the people that have tried tested true taken risks uh gone to jail made money lost money being the pioneers in this industry whether it was legal or not we know how it works we know how it works and we know what works for people and let's look at it democratically if all these people look at how giant this industry is millions and millions and billions of dollars are being poured into the cannabis industry it's amazing it's amazing to see how much money this is making how much traction cannabis has and how many people are using cannabis and now people are allowed to say yeah i smoke weed most of the you know back in the day nobody would admit that they smoked weed in public one would admit it. It was it's taboo. It's you know, it's the it's the devil's lettuce or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now we're allowed to talk about it. Now we're allowed to be proud of it. And all this money is it's the the leading industry in the world right now. It's such a large industry. And um I lost my train of thought. No worries, man. This has been very entertaining. You don't have to worry about any of that. So are you happy to be in the industry still? Are you second guessing yourself? And what challenges do you guys have as a company right now for Food Slab? So it means, are you, are, are you in a holding pattern? Where are you at? So right now it's a, it's a marketing thing. We have, honestly, man, I, I hate to toot my, actually, I like to toot my own horn and Hong Kong. You should. Honk. Man, it's, it's really, it's really a shame to see all these companies with, a bunch of money that just popped out of nowhere making an, an inferior product succeed. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm bootstrapped, man. I'm, I'm the sole investor in our company. I'm the CFO. I'm the production manager. I just picked up sales, anything and everything that needs to be done. I do it. I do it. I am on call 24 seven. I work nine to five and then I come home and I work five to nine. And like I said, on call. You know, we don't we don't have the funding right now to keep up, and it's 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 a kick in the it's a kick in the dick. You know, it's I, I feel it's like almost unfair, but it's it's business. It's business. It's not it's not personal. I'm doing everything in my power to get this product out to the people, but without the proper marketing dollars, you, you can only do so much. I mean, without any investment, like real heavy investment capital, we've been seen in in the New York Times. In Vogue magazine, uh, Playboy TV, Pick a Cannabis magazine. We've been on that for sure. High Times, MG, um, and, and and it's hard. You really got you really got to rub shoulders with people. And there's some people that are, you know, family oriented and they're they're in it for the for the cannabis community. And other people are just in it for the money. There's people in this industry now that have never smoked weed. I remember watching a documentary in uh, about a, a grow facility in Colorado and there's this old bald white dude, some, you know, rich Republican nerd. And he's like, oh, I, I, 
I just see this plant as as dollars. It doesn't matter to me. I would never smoke mind-altering substances. I frankly, I I don't understand what the appeal is. And and this guy's in in the industry, just growing weed and making money. And it's not fair. It's bullshit. It's like, who are you? Where do, where did you come from? And what gives you the right to be in our industry? And it's 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 a shame to see that kind of stuff. Um, and it happens every industry. So, so I want to just paint this picture for everybody else. This is every industry. There's people that go in and market inferior products and make money. I mean, it's not just this industry. Just frustrating when we've been in this industry and we realize this industry uh, has had to hide in the bushes for so long. And now we've only had five, six, seven years to really develop products with THC and CBD and figure out the right methods. And now the government's going to come and dictate. I understand your frustration completely, Brian. Yeah, man. But you know what? It's it's a labor of love, and I'm in it to win it. I have my I have my brand logo tattooed on my forearm. It's right there. When I put my when I put my arm out the window in the car, anybody that drives up next to me can see a giant pot leaf with my my fruit slabs A, um, the a, a with a A with a line over it rather than the line slashing through the A. And I, I love it. You know, I love it. I'm in it to win it. I will work hard. I will persevere and I will win. You know, we're local over here. We're fam- we're family owned and we're going global. And I won't stop until we until we succeed. Definitely, definitely have the drive. I know that I, I have no guilt about my product at all. It's vegan. It's soy free. It's gluten free. There's no sugar added. It's fruit, it's weed, it's medicine, it's also recreational. There's nothing bad that you can say about it. There really isn't. And I, I feel like um, if I just keep persevering and keep moving, keep shaking, my business partners are right on board. We're, we're not driving fancy cars. We're not you know, rolling up to the cannabis events with a bunch of strippers on top of our giant RV that's all branded out and you know, just like glittering gold. We're not, we're not selling sex. We're, we're selling a lifestyle. We're selling a cannabis lifestyle 420, kicking hacky sacks. You know, if you run into a person in any country in the world and, and they're smoking a joint, 95% of the time, if you walk up to them and say, hey, man, do you mind if I hit that? They're probably going to allow you to do it. They're probably going to say, oh, yeah, for sure, man. Cool. And you have something in common and you chill and you smoke and, you you know, you become comrades. You become buddies. There's there's nothing else like that in the world. You're not going to go up to someone in a bar and say, hey, man, can I get hey, stranger, how you doing? Can I get a sip of your drink? <laughs> Great. Probably not going to happen. You're not going to walk up to someone in a restaurant and be like, hey, let me get a fry. I mean. You know, there's always, there's always, the only other thing is um, cigarettes, bumming a smoke. But because cigarettes are pretty much going to be outlawed entirely, that goes away. And this is the only thing I agree with that. Bumming a smoke, I think, off people would be the only other close alternative to that, even close. But I love your analogy, though. Yeah, it's it's a it's a social thing. It's a social thing, whether we realize it or not. Like going out and going outside and having a smoke, it's something something to share. Something to share, just being outside. I remember I, I lived in I lived in France for a little bit. I lived in uh, to, in Paris for about a month, and Toulouse, France, in the south for about five months. 
And I remember I would, I would walk through the park along the, uh, the Seine River. And these, all these hippies that would chill in the park, they'd be like, hey, hey, are you busy? Are you, are you doing anything? Are you, are you occupied? I'm like, no, no, I'm just walking through the park. They're like, oh, come here, come here. And they invite me over to sit with their circle and they'd be rolling spliffs, tobacco, tobacco with hash. And, you know, maybe they just wanted to be my friend, whatever. But I think at the end of the day, they just wanted someone to roll their joints for them. They would, they'd be like, hey, come over. And they'd hand, they'd hand you a, a pack of papers and a pack of tobacco and a shitload of hash. They'd be like, all right, it's your turn. Roll a joint, roll a joint, roll a joint. And it was such a cool thing. Like, I've never, you don't, you don't see that in the States. You know, you don't just pick someone, pick someone out that's walking by and be like, hey, yo, come here. We need, we need someone to roll joints for us. Um, yeah, because in other yeah, countries, yeah, that's yeah, the most yeah, common yeah, delivery yeah, method yeah, I'm finding out. Say again? That's the most common delir- de- delivery method in, in many places. Joints. Doobies, man. Doobies, spliffs, fatties, once, whatever you want to call them, man. Pick a, pick a place and people know how to roll them. All right, so I got a question. You said you've been in 32 countries? Yes, sir. So tell me, out of 32 countries, how many would you say you saw presence of cannabis? In one way or another, I would say not in China. No, obviously. definitely not in China. Cool. And why? Um, why do you think? So you spend time in China. Why is that? I'm curious. I couldn't say. Couldn't say. I don't know if it's a, a social faux pas. Um, I definitely do not speak Chinese. I got a couple. I got a couple words here and there. I can eat shit and sleep. You know what I mean. But uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really. I didn't really run into a lot of, of youth culture, and I didn't wind up in a bunch of scenarios that you know you would find people. You know, or you may have stumbled on it. Yeah, where, yeah, where people would be smoking weed. I wasn't over any like you know local local homies houses or whatever. I was more, more on a, on a tourist path. And, you know, I, I went off in the middle of nowhere from time to time, but it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't present. It wasn't present there. It wasn't very, it wasn't loud. Um, obviously, obviously Holland, there's tons of weed there. Brazil smoked a ton of weed in Brazil. It was fantastic. Thailand for sure. Lots of weed over in Thailand and Costa Rica, um, Belize, Guatemala, Honduras. I'm thinking of that trip. Uh, yeah, we got a, a little, a little bit down there. Um, Europe, Europe smokes weed for sure. <laughs> First, Switzerland. I remember I was on a way to see a friend taking a train. I was going from, I was going from Prague down to, uh, St. Gallen, Switzerland, and I'm just sitting there minding my business on the train. And there's this lady, she's chatting on the phone. She's rolls, rolls up a joint, tons of people on the train, commuter train. And I was so blown away that this chick was just openly rolling a joint on the train, lighting up a joint on the train. That's clearly a no smoking train. Just talking on the phone, just gabbing away, getting done with her work day, whatever, whatever. And she gets off the train and she, and she hands me the roach of her joint. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Sw- cool. Welcome to Switzerland. I love it. 
Oh, so I got a cool, cool story along those lines. I'm at Madison Square Garden for the fish shows for New Year's Eve. And there is the first night I'm there, there is a dude who is just absolutely a policeman about people smoking cigarettes. Like if he smelled it, he wouldn't find out who that person was. He would get to the root of that smoke. Like, so he was in section 400, I think, but, uh, and also in the 300s and he was the Nazi of cigarettes, but anybody could pull out a joint and he wouldn't have even looked. So I had a little, um, vape pen that I carried on me, right. For the concerts. And he go, he looked, turns to me and goes, right. And goes, what's in there? And I said, CBD. And he goes, nobody's ever answered with that before. Me and him became instant friends. Him and I talked about CBD that whole night. Every time he came around, we were chatting. Um, But it was just so funny that in Madison Square Garden, any pot smoking is absolutely acceptable and cigarette smoking is absolutely, they want not one cigarette. They see the difference, just security at the Madison Square Garden. Is that cool or not, bud? I I love it. I love it. My, My business partner, Matt, Matt and Roxanne, they, they both hate smoking. They hate cigarettes. They hate tobacco. They can't be around it. They shun, they shun it for sure. And I remember um, the last music festival we went to together, when people would ask, ask for a lighter, Matt would be like, for, for what? What do you want a lighter for? They're like, oh, I, I want to light my cigarette. Nope. He's like, no, nope, sorry. Not doing it. Not giving you a letter. Can't help you. Don't want you, don't want you. don't want you funking up the crowd with your gnarly cigarette smoke. And like, you know, I, I, I smoke socially. I, I like to go out and smoke cigs in a, in a circle and, you know, take a step outside. But t- tobacco should be used a little bit more sparingly, a little bit more sparingly and more, you know, more ceremonial and more therapeutic than like just crushing packs of Marbreds all day long. Like, I don't know how people when I when I was a full time smoker, I have no idea how people smoke two packs a day. Not a freaking clue. I mean, there's only so much time in the day to smoke that many cigarettes. And it's like, holy shit. No wonder. No wonder you got the black lung. No, no wonder you're hurting. That's like that's it's crucial. Weak, it's crucial. But it's weak, a weak lack, lack of discipline plus nicotine really is. You know, it's uh, it's an addiction, and if you're a weak person, uh, it's an addiction that can really take you over. My grandmother smoked. Perfect example. My grandmother's 91 now. A handful of years ago, she basically was told she can't smoke anymore; she would die. Um, so she was a heavy smoker, packed a two pack a day, like ridiculously heavy smoker. And she came home from the doctor's appointment, smoked three cigarettes. My my uncles who are taking care who take care of her every day. They thought there's no way this woman's ever going to quit smoking. They just they kind of laughed. Like she went home, smoked three cigarettes. They're laughing. Like, yeah, okay, those are going to be your last three. She after those last three, she went to the uh, to the hospital. She has not smoked another cigarette since. Just cold turkey. Bam. I mean, as far as a breath of fresh air goes, you kind of need kind of need one after that. Holy smokes! I can go to her house again. You know, you can't go into a house of a, of a cigarette smoker and even stay in there for any length of time you just right i mean i see how your friends are i'm the same way i am so egregious against cigarette smoking i can't i don't even want around me i have someone in my in front of my house that walks in front of my house i have asked her not to walk in front of my house smoking and like she looks at me like i'm my biggest jerk ever it's weird there's there's not a lot of cigarette smoking out here not a ton of it i mean it's it's definitely there but um i live uh i live in oakland 
And there's a little little city called Al- Alameda, little island between San Francisco and Oakland. And on the main drag, you can't smoke cigs. Cop will pull you over, give you a ticket. It's never happened. Never happened to me. I've never seen it done, but it's a it's a thing. In Sebastopol in Sonoma County, same thing. In the in the town, you can't smoke cigarettes. In in Santa Cruz, same thing. Can't smoke cigarettes. And it's like every time I go back to New York, uh, I'm like, holy shit! There's there's styrofoam here. There's styrofoam and there's cigarette smoking. And I feel like you know you know the old. Uh, westward ho manifest destiny all that all that like you know get get to the end of the earth figure out where the end of the earth is and it was in california and then a little little farther west there's there's hawaii but all the all the people that were like looking looking for something who knows what just looking looking for looking for the end of the earth they all they all landed over here all the information that we've gathered, all the forward thinkers, all the positive vibes, all the or- organic, vegan, healthy lifestyle, uh, cannabis culture, you know, tech, technology culture, all that stuff. We've got that right here. And I think that with the, with the shift in the earth and there's a, a, a larger discussion of the you know, change in the magnetic poles mm-hmm. of the earth and whatever, whatever, I feel like there's an eastward hoe, an eastward movement where we're taking all this information that's been gathered and pushing, pushing it back in the other direction and, and spreading, spreading the knowledge that we've accrued over time back, back east and like just cir- circling the globe with all, all, all the best information that we can come up with. Does that does that make sense? It more than makes sense. You know, the- it more than makes sense, and I'll help validate your point for people. Uh, we currently are, are are I'm currently making a lot of phone calls within the industry, and and what I'm finding is you know, you know to find people that know anything about equipment or chemists. I'm calling Colorado. I'm calling Oregon. I'm calling California. I'm not calling someone in Rochester, New York, to help be my chemist. So just to validate his point, yes, you guys have all made the mistakes uh, or, or been um, subject to mistakes by the states. Uh, I don't see a lot of complaints coming out of Colorado and Washington uh, regarding some of the challenges people in California have had uh, with this all. But uh, I, definitely val- I, I definitely agree with your point. I've seen it moving in the industry just in the last five months, 100%. What's next for you, Bri? Oh, I have no idea. Um What's next? I, I gotta I gotta keep feeding this business, baby, man. It's uh, it's three and a half years old. It's walking. It's talking. It's starting to make its own decisions and kind of carry itself forward. Um, I'm still pushing my brand. We're um, talking with some folks up in Washington to get a kind of a franchise style deal, which is a huge pain in the ass legally because you know we can't travel. We can't travel interstate with cannabis. I don't. I don't know when. Uh, when the feds are going to say, "All right." Cool, I don't think we're ever going to, Brian. I don't think that's ever going to happen because I think the states want to capture so? the tax tax revenue individually. I mean, think about it. Think about it. CBD in California. They just announced that you you pretty much have to produce the CBD in the same state you're going to sell it. That we think the model in New York State is going to be the same way, where you can only produce THC, CBD, sell in the state if it's produced in the state. 
every state we think is going to go to that model right now. That's coming I mean, from the, the, the attorney side of it. It kind of makes sense. You know, it, keep, it keeps it a little bit grassroots and it keeps the money in the community because, you know, wh- why not? And, you know, state, yeah, states do have their, they have, if they're going to allow it, then it might as well be money coming, coming from the state and, and nourishing that, that populace, you know, it makes sense if it, you make sense too, because they're talking about this being a twenty-two billion dollar industry CBD alone. So we're not even talking about THC right now. We're talking about CBD could be a twenty-two billion dollar industry by um, twenty twenty-one. That's two oh, less than three years away. Twenty-two billion dollars. So the states see that as holy smokes. That is all money that's going to come back to us through taxes. So th- most people don't realize this. There's actually the postal inspection services involved monitoring this whole CBD and moving stuff around the country. Um, this is not something that's just California. Uh, we think that eventually you're only going to be able right now we're hoping in the beginning we can sell CBD products across the country. We know, for instance, California, we can't send anything to already. That's one off the table. Uh, we believe Colorado pretty much is off the table as well as Washington. Um, so so does, how, how does that affect you business-wise thinking that way? It means I get to take more business trips. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult to it's it's hard to survive with only one state being your market. And California is obviously a very large market, but there's there's so much more to it. And we just got to plant the seeds. I got to you know I got to keep in touch with people like you that have their feet on the ground running full speed ahead, trying to keep up and trying to, you know, trying to blaze trails. And, and, you know, I, I don't mind branching out and having a, a secondary facility in, in Rochester, New York. I mean, that's home. I would love to employ my friend, my friends and family. I would absolutely love that. And I'm, I'm just going to have to keep on trucking, keep on trucking, going from state to state and, you know, old, old school, old school salesman style and, run run around and do some cold calls and set up shop and share my product and so, yeah, so man, you're basically I mean, just gonna so 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 you're just basically gonna peddle that recipe around for people right i mean you've thought about selling the recipe to different individuals with certain royalties in, involved with it oh sure sure we're, we're on the line with uh some folks in washington we've had a couple a couple couple opportunities that eh, just didn't quite seem like the right fit um I don't want just anybody making and selling my product. I don't want it to become some, you know, some, some generic, uh, generic name brand that has no, no heart and soul behind it. We're looking for the right partners, the people that have the, the right ethos and the right mentality that, you know, this, this is medicine, man. It's, it's good. It's good for you. It is a cannabis is a wonderful, wonderful thing for people to either, either enjoy or heal themselves with. And, you know, we don't want just anybody peddling our products. We want everyone, we want it to be available to everyone. There's no market that I don't want to touch, you know, everyone from rappers to grandmas, you know. Um, but yeah, we're, we're talking, we're talking with Washington and that's, that's starting to move forward. We had uh, some, some partners in, in Arizona uh, for a potential national uh, contract manufacturer for CBD project, but, Laws kind of got in the way, and 
fudge that one up a little bit. But where am I? You know, but your THC, but your THC based product is not affected at all by any policies, right? So for people in California, they can get your food slabs, correct? All day. Yeah. So tell them where. All give it. Give give the website. Yeah. Let's talk about like where in if you're in California. Uh, you can legally have recreational THC, and Brian's product is a THC fruit slab. So, so tell them a little bit about the website and your social media stuff. Yeah, check us out at Fruit Slab on the Instagram, F-R-U-I-T-S-L-A-B-S. We post every single day. We try to keep our content really clean, educational, informational, and uh, and, and positive, positive vibes. Uh, we try to keep it healthy and uh, active and intelligent. Uh, our website is fruitslabs.com. Punch in fruit slabs. You'll find us for sure. Fruit like fruit slabs. S L A B S. I love it. Are you in any retail stores in California? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Pur- Purple Star MD in the Mission on Mission Street in San Francisco. Um, we are hemp in Hayward, uh, down down south in Los Angeles. We're in the connected stores, um, Barbary Coast in San Francisco. I'm I'm up here in, in NorCal, so I don't know all the all the SoCal shop, shops. You'd have to ask Matt and Roxanne. No, that's okay. I just want to make sure people know because this is awesome. Coming coming to a city near you. <laughs> I'd love to see you come to New York. We definitely got to talk about that. So, do you do a CBD currently for fruit slab? Unfortunately, no. Um, and it's and it's really a shame. I was producing CBD fruit slabs for for a while that that you you got your hands on a, hand, a couple of those. Yeah, they're delicious. Um, the, by the way, the, the laws the laws changed in it, and it sucks because I've I've been an outlaw my whole freaking life, man. I'm not a, I'm not a gangster. I'm not a thug, but uh, <clears throat> I've always played by my own rules, and I've always done what I what I want. And I'm just I'm really trying to play by the rules and the CBD thing got shut down. So I had to stop doing it. And it, it, it's, it sucks because there's really, really no one, no one out there that's going to come get me. No one's going to come knocking on my door because there's not a, a, a regulator. There's not that kind of task force out there regulating CBD and, and good, you know, it's, it's on its way. But unfortunately the only way for me right now to get CBD product out in, you know, in a, in a mass production fashion is illegally. And, uh, something's gotta be done. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know. Not much of a politician. I don't know how that whole stuff works, but, uh, if anybody can lend a hand and, uh, help us bend, bend and break some rules, give me a holler. Or not bend and break. How about help manipulate the change at the root? of it right i mean that's what it's all about make it easier for the future of people who have good products like yours absolutely i i was with an uber driver in palm springs i drove my daughter she lives at uh, 29 palms military base currently so i was in palm springs an uber driver who had just helped sell some property to some people in that area for a cannabis facility and he said that uh, of all the guys he met and he was a little in the industry now for the last year um, he said man he him and his friends wish they were package companies in california not thc companies because there's more money to be a package company than a thc company um, now i see a little bit of what he meant by that 
yeah, there's there's all sort of all sorts of you know cannabis specific uh, jobs out there. There's there's the packaging industry. There's you know cannabis CPA, um, and and it's all at an at an upcharge. You know, if you need an electrician to come in and you know put a couple outlets in your house and fix your you know fix your ceiling fan or whatever, that's going to cost you you know, 20, 30 bucks an hour, 50 bucks an hour, whatever. If you need someone to come into a grow facility in a cannabis space, well, now you're talking 150, 200 bucks an hour. There's, there's lots, lots of stuff that it, that's not just weed. There's, uh, there's, di- there's a lot of digital stuff, a lot of m- marketing platforms, um, you know, people, people creating websites, people creating, um, uh, CRMs like um, Salesforce kind of stuff. Uh, you know, the industry has a, it has a lot of needs. There's a lot of room for growth, and uh, we're we're trying to be a lifestyle brand within the community because there's not a lot of those. You know, there's not a lot of those, and wh- why not? You know, well, it's, it Come seems to me that's more. a perfect way to go at it marketing wise because basically the way that you formulate your product, it's all natural, as you said. So you really, the soccer moms of the world, uh, you know, people who are uh, athletic, uh, you know, almost maybe use part of the marketing campaign, right, to like teach people, hey, this THC in your system during exercise increases 15% your bloodstream. Bam, Foods Labs. I want to talk to uh, my, my cousin, my cousin Johnny out there in Rochester. What's up, Johnny? I love he's, it. Uh, he's friends with Gregor Gillipsy, one of the up-and-coming MMA fighters. And uh, I, re- I really got to get some fruit slabs in that guy's hand, whether they're, <laughs> whether they're CBD or THC. I would, I would love to have a hometown hero, you know, good, good old boy representing my product. So if you're, if you're out there, Gregor, holler I love for it. sure. Excellent. So tell me, um, 32 countries, what brought you to 32 countries, work or pleasure? Oh, pleasure, my man. Pleasure. I like, um, I don't know. I like, I like people, places and things. I like to talk. I like to learn languages. I like culture. Um, you know, just seeing this globe for what it is. I have no, I don't like to have any restrictions on me and I, I like to know where where people come from and how they become who they are and what you know what develops what develops a culture and humanity. We're all on this we're all on this globe together. We're all here together. We're not that much different. We have different upbringings and you know different customs. But um, I, I just I really like to I, I like something new. I like something different. I like to you know lang- languages are different text writing arabic look at that it's beautiful script it's amazing to me it's 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 calligraphy it's art it's magical you know russian character russian characters chinese characters all it boggles my mind that we've you know so many different cultures on this planet have all come up with the same communication regimen and they're all different they're all different they all are used to communicate to relay what your imagination has what is inside your brain you can relay that to another person through speech through text through body language it's all i don't know i i I love people i love people i love this life i love where we're at in the world there's some hard hard shit to go through but so be it yin and yang hunab ku 
mother nature, father time. I'm in it. I love it. It's amazing. Was there a country that you visited that you really didn't feel good vibes? Like you were just like, man, that's a country. I just, if I never been there again, it would be fine. I'll, I'll ask on the opposite, Cuba. but I'm just curious. Cuba. Cuba. I felt like it was a slave state. And that was before after Very it opened its borders. After. Okay. After. It felt, uh, I, I just, I, I wasn't, wasn't able to get on, on a common ground. I felt like I was supposed to be some sort of superior or some sort of uh, entitled or privileged or just like more fortunate person. And I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable uh, cru cruising around, seeing these giant, giant, um, beautiful resorts can't even imagine how much money was put into these things. And down the street, there's this tenement housing, these ramshackle busted, like, you know, sell for lack of a better term. Just the, the, the top, the top, the upper, the upper echelon of people. And then the, the common folk there is just way, way too separated way too separated and, and I, noticeable. I didn't i didn't I don't, uh, i'm at a loss for words for all that i just I, I don't i don't like i don't like people serving serving me i like to, i like to be the servant yeah i like that no you you think of the world like i do so so i got to keep asking you questions now because uh, your personality of, or your your perspective of things is very similar to me so on the other side of that coin is there a country that out of the U.S., where you may, where you might consider like retiring your end of your days, just because it impacted you so much that way. I would say either France or Brazil, or potentially the Czech Republic, because that's where my family roots are. Um, but probably Brazil. I've always wanted to open a youth hostel, and once once this business is running itself, and I can take a you know, take a step back and who knows, I might be 150 by the time that happens, but hopefully I'll only be 50. Um, I want to open a youth hostel. I want to open a youth hostel and have a nice little artist community and travel as much as possible. But when I'm not traveling, I would like the, the world to come to me. The first time I came to California was in 19, oof, I think 1998. I stayed at the Banana Bungalow a youth hostel in, uh, Oh my God, where the heck is that? It's in, uh, I'll, th I'll think of it in a second. It's okay. It was an international travelers hostel and it was amazing meeting the, the girl that I went to see in Switzerland. I met her I met her there for, you know, I met her there. I met people from Ireland. I met people from Japan. I met people from all over the United States and it was a really, you know, really rewarding experience to just, see people from everywhere we're all people we all have something in com in common and 95 percent of the time cannabis works <laughs> cannabis is uh is a social thing that'll bring people together people smoke weed all over the globe and that's not the only thing that keeps us together but uh you know i hate to, I hate to sound like a overly hippy dippy you know rasta mentality guy but the ganja will heal the world, man. And 
I feel like that could be true. Bob Marley did it. Bob Marley did it for a country. He brought a country together. He brought two factions of the country together back in the day with ganja as the base of it. It can definitely happen anywhere. Socially, I love that you keep bringing this up socially, Brian, because this shows that you're not only about making a product that you want to make money off of, that you can sit there and sit in a lavish mansion with nice cars, BMW and a Tesla and say, look, everybody, what I did. No, you want to you want to open a hostel for you so they can have a cheap place to go experience that country. That's awesome. Yeah, let me, let me show you around. You know, it, it's it's great when you when you show up to a place and you, you, you have a friend or a friend of a friend or some sort of liaison that can show you the rope that can say hey let me bring you to my my favorite restaurant let me bring you to my family let me bring you to my house and cook dinner for you let me show you how we do things here and i i want to show people how i do things i want to be shown how other people do things and you know we all what a world we live in we have i, I can go down the street and i can get thai food i can get mexican food i can get uh, I can get a French cuisine, like whatever, whatever. Food is a wonderful thing to share. Culture is a beautiful thing to share. Art, personality, ev- everything is worth sharing. You know, there's no no sense in keeping everything to yourself because what what, what joy really is there in that? What purpose? Know? If all of our souls came to the planet not to be together and social and learning from each other, what what's the sense of it? It doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. So why France? I'm very intrigued by this because I've heard so many negatives about France from Americans to hear an American say that he'd consider that. And you speak French very well. I'm assuming from high school you learned French. Yeah, my mom is a, is a French teacher currently. And uh, I think she's out in Avon or Sotus maybe. I'm, I'm not sure exactly where she's at right now, but she's got one year left until retirement. Mom, keep pushing. You got it. I love you. I love that your mom's a teacher. That's the best. uh, Oh yeah, dude. She's, she let, she let me get away with uh, everything but murder, man. She, she really, she was a very patient woman. Um, So you went to prison for the murder then? Is that what you're saying? No, she wouldn't, she wouldn't have stood for that. She definitely would have stepped in. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she, she studied in, uh, she went to McGill College when I was growing up. Um, put me, put me with her brother, and me and my brother had to live with our our uncle, my mom's brother. Uh, and she she went to school at McGill in Montreal, and then she spent some time in Paris going to school. And when she came home, she was you know speaking speaking French. She was used to it, and she would you know just say little things to us, and and we caught on and picked up a couple little phrases and took French in in middle school, uh, dropped it and dropped it in high school and then picked it back up, uh, just for fun in college. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't go to like traditional college for, you know, 10 semesters in a row or anything. I I always just went for fun. Mm -hmm. And I, I I like, I like the language. I like to learn it. If, If I have the ability to communicate with more people, Hell yeah. The more the merry. Let's chat. Let's do it. France is, France is chill. There's beautiful, beautiful country, wonderful food, amazing people, very artistic. They have their, they have their very own way of, about them. And I think the, the misconception that people have about, about Paris, about France 
in general is they have it from Paris, which is a major metropolitan city, much like New York, much like L.A., much like Tokyo. People don't have time to stop and chat and deal with all these tourist people. They get the cold shoulder. Every, oh, people in New York are assholes. Oh, pr- French people are jerks, whatever. No, they're just busy. They're just busy. If you chat with someone on a, one, on a one-on-one you're going to get a very different vibe, but the over the overview in, in a big city is people are jerks. People are jerks because they're busy. They they don't have time for to, for tourist questions and this and that. Some some people do, some people don't. But the French are very frank. They're very upfront. They don't mind uh, the the word the word for uh, to talk is dis discute. Is to discuss and dispute is to dispute, and they're pretty much calm them, which means the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're the same thing. Having a discussion or having a dispute, um, French people will s- speak their truth. They'll speak their mind, but they're open open to yours. Mm. So, so they'll listen to your point. They'll have their own point, but they'll listen to yours. Yeah, absolutely. I like it because I want to. One of my bucket list things. I don't have very many bucket list things, but I want to go follow the Tour de France for a week. Um, and, and I was always questioning whether I should or not. But uh, you, you've made an interesting point. I travel like you do, but I've mostly been in the domestic U.S. I love meeting people. I will meet people at every place I go. They'll they'll remember me when I leave. Um, so if I went internationally, I don't think it would be any different. I want to make an impact on people's lives so they knew that you know I met them, and, and they'll remember me in some way at some point in their future. Um, and it sounds like there's probably a bunch of people in a bunch of countries that are gonna that remember you. I'd like to think I made some sort of mark. <laughs> I love it. So, um, tell me a couple, one more experience from your travels, and then I'll get off your travels. One more experience, cool experience from your 32 countries that either people wouldn't believe or or just really meant something really spiritual to you. Oof. Well, the first time I smoked DMT was on Temple 4 at the Guatemala to call Mayan ruins. So that was quite an experience. Um, man, there's there's a lot of stuff. I got in a 10-person brawl in Thailand, and I definitely deserve to get my ass kicked <laughs> on that one. Um, climbed, uh, did a night hike. You start, uh, you start when the sun goes down, uh, climbing Mount Huashang in China, um, to the, the, the tippy top of the middle of nowhere, a giant mountain region. Um, yeah, one, one specific thing that would be hard. My most, my most recent travels, uh, I went to, to stopped in France for, for a quick second, met up with my mom and my buddy Jude, um, went over to Prague. I was with my, my, my good friend, Blake Jackson down from Austin, Texas, um, Went to, went to Prague, went to, uh, went to Prague, went to Krakow, Poland, um, went to, uh, Slovakia, went to Hungary, uh, man, picking, picking individual experiences is, is, is tough. There's, no, there's you're good. You're so, good. It's, so it's obvious nothing. you're well-traveled. Brazil was another recent travel. Uh, I went there for music. I, I love electronic music. I love house music. And Sao Paulo, the state of Sao Paulo, Brazil, has the best in the world, the best there is to offer. 
I went on a, a little tour. I took myself on a trip by myself and I just went around follow, following these, these DJs and producers. Nobody knows who these people are. They are very, very underground, very little known and showing up at these people's concerts and just, just being an American at these places, being an American and being in this underground culture and introducing myself to these people, they were, their, their minds were blown. They're like, who the, who are you? Why are you here? What are you doing here? And I'm like, homie, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I, I, I traveled, you know, 8,000 miles to come hang out tonight for your concert. I went to see uh, Malik Mustache, uh, this guy Illusionize, and Jean Baccaraza, uh, three different events, uh, several hundred miles apart, out in the middle of nowhere, New Year's Eve in Paso Fundo, Brazil. Um, yeah, man, I I, I like I love I like that to go. story. Oh, that is so good, man. So you wait. So you listened to the music in the U.S., formulated a trip, realized where they're going to play, and you just said, "I'm going." Oh yeah, <laughs> you travel like I do. Man. Oh yeah. If, if, if you want, if you want to hear stuff, go on the SoundCloud and type in Control Alt Delete C T R L A L T D E L. And my picture will come up, and I've got tons of mixes. I never put the same song twice in mixes. I got like 14 hours of music from almost almost entirely from Brazil. Give the, give that out again because we do have some musical people following. So please give give that out again that information, please. All right, check out go on go on SoundCloud.com and capital C T R L capital A L T capital D E L you'll see the kind of gangster hippie looking dreadlock guy. Can't miss me. Pretty obvious. Uh, and, and there's tons of cool tunes, tons of cool tunes. Try to keep it upbeat, a little bit, a little bit dirty, a little bit funky, a little bit of something for, I don't know if there's something for everyone, but, uh, that's my, that's my taste. It's my flavor. I dig it. I love it. Can I get some downloads for my YouTube channel? These are for my ski videos. Yeah, absolute man. If you're yeah, if you're out there skiing, oh the man, cru- cruising on the mountain, listening listening to some some G house and some tech house. Oh yeah, that's please. that's the stuff. That's the stuff right there. I need it, please. I need that addition because I have a playlist that I've been overusing, and I could use some good. Because basically, people don't realize when I ski and snowboard, I'm pretty good. Like. I can be pretty fast on my skis, faster than most. And I, a lot of times, my turns are to the beat of the music going on in the music in my head. I love skiing and snowboarding to music. Ripping it up at Bristol Mountain, huh? Well, a little bit of Bristol. I'm mostly white facing gore this year. Are you a skier or snowboarder yourself? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a snowboarder, for sure. I, I grew up skiing at Powder Mill Park and uh, took, to, took to snowboarding because I was a skateboarder. And uh, I actually I went to school at uh, North North Country Community College in Saranac Lake. And I took snowboarding as a class and uh, and would hang out at Whiteface Mountain every week. We call it Ice Face. You had a season pass that winter, I'm sure, to Ice uh, to Whiteface. I'm not going to call it Ice Face because I respect it. So I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to defame it because there's some people there that would beat me up for saying Ice Face. But uh, yeah, you you were spoiled up there for that winter. 
Yeah, that was, oh, shoot, 2004 or so. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that was, that was a good bit of education right there. I got to take, I took skiing in the winter and mountain biking in the summer. A rough life. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. And all your friends knew that the only reason you went up for that semester was to do that stuff for those two semesters. Like, you're not going up for education. We know you're going up there just to snowboard and, and mountain bike. Come on. I think I've got 62 college credits, and I have never taken a class I didn't want to. I love it. Forget those electives. Or forget that, Forget that. Uh, what is that, the English class or that, that uh, science class, right? Forget that. It's uh, liberal art, man. Yeah, but come on, you. But yeah, you're definitely sandbagging a little bit because I heard the terminology you're using earlier about uh, when you're talking about your product and learning about the different components of the cannabis plant. I think you're sandbagging a little bit here, sir. How did you get that knowledge then? If if you didn't, uh, you know, take those hardcore science classes, dude, just through through conversation, man, through hard work and tenacity, you know, you. Uh, you're a you're a sum of all your parts. You're a sum of everything that, you know, everything that you've learned and gathered together. I've, I've been dealing, like I said, man, I've been dealing with cannabis since I was nine years old. And, uh, you know, coming out here, I, I learned, you know, I, I learned about terpenes. I learned about, you know, the difference between cannabis sativa, cannabis indica, cannabis ruderalis. Um, I, I learned how I learned about plants. I learned about botany. I learned about, uh, you know, sales and distribution and marketing. And I basically have a fucking major in business right now because that's what I do. I run a business and, you know, life, lifelong learner. There's a lot of lessons to be learned. What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, when are you going to grow up? What does that mean? How's the song go? Can't knock the hustle. Can't knock the hustle, man. No way, you can baby. try. Haters going to hate, but you know what? I'm not killing the game. I'm living the game. I'm loving the game. I like to tell people, don't play the blame the player, blame the game because I just played the game and it, and I'm winning it because because I'm looking out for people and trying to do it the right way. All we got to do is keep playing the game the way the way we, within the rules, right? Catching all, catching all the W's, man. The worldwide win. I love it. I've taken a lot of your time, Brian. So uh, list one more time all the places people in California get your products, number one. Number two, I hope you promise to me that you'll be on again. Uh, and number three, uh, I truly want to be skiing or snowboarding with you at some point out in Cali uh, if I get out that way, if you're not back. Uh, and if you're in Rochester, I hope you come, you reach out to me, sir. So please uh, give everybody all the places they can see all your music and all of your stuff that you have going on. All right, check it out, folks. So, fruitslabs.com, fruit like fruit, slabs, S L A B S, on the Instagram, at fruitslabs. Um, the SoundCloud, there is actually a fruit slab SoundCloud. Um, type it in, fruit slabs. Control Alt Delete is my DJ name. Uh, on my Instagram, I am uh, at dj.ctrl.alt.del. On the SoundCloud, same thing, C-T-R-L-A-L-T-D-E-L. Uh, check out Emerald Farms in Hopland, right on the 101 in Sonoma County. Beautiful, beautiful solar power dispensary. They've got a giant uh, lavender labyrinth there. There's some amazing little ponds. It's very well done, and everything is solar powered. Uh, it's it's located right next to the Solar, solar Living Center. It's a... Um, 
little ed- educational storefront that you know just boasts solar power and sells all sorts of little knickknacks and uh things to get you set up with your with your solar power lifestyle and books and trinkets and this and that and the other thing that's one of my favorite places emerald farms the, the woman chelsea up there is a is a very very beautiful individual uh san francisco you go to purple star md you could go to barbary coast in oakland you can go to magnolia wellness center uh socal check us out we're all we're all over the place you can't miss us and if you do miss us then you're missing out i'm sorry get in, get involved we're uh, creating a movement creating a lifestyle big up in the plants big up in the life big up cannabis big up yourself and big up everybody else grab a slab eat your dabs edible fruit concentrates uh fruit slabs are amazing they'll help you wake up they're mood enhancing they'll help you go to sleep they're organic vegan not no sugar added no bullshit simple ingredients real deal holy field homies he is the man. I've tasted them. They are good. Everything he says is true. Uh, folks, this is a great entertaining conversation. I can't wait to have you on again, Brian, uh, especially when New York gets moving forward. But there's one thing I want to ask you in closing for people. Advice to people that, how many people do you know, same as me, I want to get in the cannabis industry. I want to get in. What advice do you have in closing for people that think they want to jump into the cannabis industry? What can you help them with? I'm a little too late, folks. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's the best advice I can give is plant yourself a bag seed and start from there. Get to know the plant, do your research, figure out what you're talking about. You gotta, you gotta learn. You gotta learn about it. It's, it's not, it's not something that you can just jump into immediately and and you know know everything that there is to know. There's so much more information being being brought to the table between the you know the the cannabinoid receptors all the cbds the different types of thc thca delta 9 thc uh delta 8 thc all the terpenes your linalool your uh myrcene your pinene all there's there's so much if you want to get in the industry smoke smoke a blunt and get in where you fit in if you want to do sales and you got that kind of thing then you know help jump in it's uh it's it's you gotta have a labor of love or a shitload of money one or the other pick your pick your lane that's right and or a skill that that can uh really be uh related into the industry somehow you know you could be a graphics artist and get into the industry you you can do peripheral things you don't just have to worry about being affiliated with the plant, but the more you know about the plant, the stronger you'll be for the industry. Absolutely. You want to know what you're talking about. Thank you, Brian. I look forward to talking to you again soon. And I'm glad that the, the, the hand cleaner, the, the hemp cleaner that we sent you worked for, your, for some of your utensils. We hope to have that on the market uh, and widespread soon. But uh, with so much going on in New York, we definitely are slow on that. So we want to apologize that we can't provide as much for you as I know you would like. That, dude, that, that stuff works wonders. I, I love sharing that with people because you know what? It actually works. That's right. And you will be our testimonial, our first testimonial when we put the product to market. So uh, keep that opinion close at hand, please. I'm, I'm there for you, my man. Thanks, Mr. Lane. I appreciate you. Me too, Mr. Kona. And I look forward to when you're in Rochester next and us connecting. I'll hit you up, my guy. All right. Be well, and I'll talk to you soon, sir. Likewise. Later. Bye.